Today we are on the last lesson of the test, the series on the life of Joseph. That was a great opportunity. I was hoping somebody would say, oh man, it's, it's been so good. It's been so awesome, but I didn't get anything. So I'll just, I'll just continue on. So, it, man, Pastor, it's been amazing, great. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Don't say it. No, 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 no. Don't say it now. You don't miss your blessing. You, you just, now it's been coerced out of you. You got to be proactive, not reactive. So, so maybe later on, you'll get another chance later on. So just, just be ready. But the test, a series on the life of Joseph. And we started when he was 17 years old, some prideful, arrogant kid. And now today he's 39 He's been away from home. How many years is that? That's a bunch of years. He was in, in slavery in prison, uh, slavery for 13. He was in prison for, for seven for doing something he did not deserve. And now he's back in the palace. He's overseeing all of Egypt. They've been through seven years of, of good years. They, they've had abundance of crops and abundance of animals. And, and he's been wise with it and stored it up because he knew that seven bad years were coming. He's in the second Second year of the seven bad years. And, and, and so been on this tremendous journey, been through the pride test and the pit test and the purity test and the palace test and the prosperity test. And today we're getting to the, to the purpose test. And in Genesis chapter 45, he said, or uh, the writer said, Joseph said to his brothers. Now, again, I, I, I think if my math is right, I think it's around 23 years or so that he's been away from them. They thought... He's dead. He's gone. He's in slavery. There, there's no way. His brothers now come before him because there's a famine all over the land, and they're hungry, and their dad's dying, and they don't know what to do. And so they go to Egypt to get some help, and they stand before Joseph, and Joseph responds, is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him. And I mean, rightfully so. They're probably right as a sheep. They're probably like, this is not supposed, this was not how it was supposed to turn out. What, what is going, going on? Because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close. I mean, he had opportunity to get back. He had opportunity to get revenge. He, had a, he was in charge. He could have done whatever, however, as long as he wanted. He could have done whatever to them boys. But he said, "Come." you know why? Because he had learned forgiveness. He had forgiven them a long time. He wasn't going to let their abuse, their neglect, their junk keep him from fulfilling his destiny. He had let it go. He canceled a debt. And now they're standing before him. And he's not saying, hey, I'm going to get you back. I'm going to get revenge for that. You're going to pay for that. No, he says, come here, guys. Come close. And when they had done that, Joseph said, I'm your brother, Joseph. Look, it's me. It really... It's really me, the one you sold into Egypt. And now don't be distressed and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me here. You know what he's saying? Guys, I've already forgiven you. I made a, I made a decision a long time ago. I wasn't going to hold this against you. And since I've forgiven you, just forgive yourselves. It's okay. It's all right. Well, well how could he say that? You're going to see this, this three times in this short passage. I want to emphasize it because it was, it was to save lives that God sent me ahead. God sent me here. For two years now, there's been a famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing or reaping. Not because we're lazy and we don't want to. There's not going to be anything to plow or to reap. 
but God sent me ahead. But God sent me. I know you threw me in that pit, but God sent me. God had a purpose for me. God had a, God had a plan for me. God, God had a journey for me. God had a destination for me. You know what, you know what Joseph's saying? God is, God is in control. And he's saying, I'm so grateful for my journey. Some of us think that our journey is from point A to point B, and the goal is to get there as fast as we can. That's not Christianity. That's not walking with Jesus. Joseph is saying, I'm grateful for the, for the steps, for the ins, for the outs, for, the, for when it was so clear, when it was really confused, when, when I was moving forward, when I was standing still. I'm just grateful for everything that God's taken me through because I know that all things have worked for my good because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. God's been in control of my life. God has a purpose for my life. And every season had a purpose. Every, every valley had a purpose. Every mountain had a purpose. Every struggle had a purpose. Every victory had a purpose. Every pain had a purpose. Every friend had a purpose. Every hater had a purpose. God has used everything in my life to get me to the place where I am. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Come close. It, he gets a revelation, I think, for the first time. Oh, this is what the prison was about. This is what the, this is what the pit was about. This is what the, the temptation was about. This is what the jail was about. Everything was aligning me for, for, for what I'm doing now. He goes on to say, to preserve for you a, a remnant on earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. So then, so then, it was not you. Guys, you didn't send me here. Third time, you didn't send me here. God sent me here. Jo- Joseph gets a, gets a fresh, he gets a revelation that, that God had a purpose for his life. And, and you got to know God has a purpose for your life. And you say, it doesn't seem like it. There's so many ins and outs, ups and downs. Man, God has a purpose for your life. God is a purposeful God. He's not purposeless. He's purposeful. Everything he created has a purpose, including you and including me. There, there, there's a, if you go to a racetrack, there was a particular story of these greyhounds that were running they were running in a race, and, and you know greyhounds, that, they were created, they were designed to chase, to hunt, to go after. And so to get these dogs to run, they put a mechanical bunny on the fence. And, and this mechanical bunny would stay just a little bit in front of the head dog as they ran around the track chasing this bunny because that's, that's what they did. Well, around the first turn they, on this particular race, the mechanical bunny blew up. And it, and it went up in a, just a cloud of smoke with, with all the parts going up. And, 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 and in this race, when the bunny blew up, one dog ran into the rail and broke a rib. And, and, and uh, some other dogs just stopped and started howling at the crowd. Oh, just at the crowd. not knowing. And other dogs just stopped and laid down or sat down. They'd lost their purpose. They'd lost their goal. They, they lost what they, what they were supposed to be doing. And, and it caught... Just like those dogs, if you don't know your purpose today, if, you're not, if you don't have a vision and a dream for your life, if, if, you're, not, if you're not going after something that's bigger than you and greater than you, it's going to hurt you. you you're going to run into something. It's going to cause chaos. There, you, you're going you're to be a critical, complaining. You're just going to turn around and bark and howl at everybody. You're going to be cynical. You're, you're, you're going to become hard-hearted. You're going to tell everybody why they can't do what you wish you could do. It's just going to cause problems and challenges in your life. You, you got you to gotta be living for a purpose, and you got to know God created you for a purpose. If you don't have a purpose, it's like 
The donut man, time to make the donuts, time to make the donuts, time to make the donuts. No, no, God's got something bigger for you. He, he's got, he, he, and this is huge because this is the difference between enduring life and enjoying life. This is, between, this is the difference between just leaving or leaving a legacy. This, this is a big deal. You, you have a purpose. Abraham Maslow, he's a secular psychiatrist, psychiatrist back in the 40s, came up. They began to study and began to try to understand what, what these people that live with significance and contentment and satisfaction, people that live with, with joy and passion, what, what, what is it? What's different about them than everybody else who does it? And he found that there were certain needs had to be met. And, and, he, and he built it like a triangle. I hope you can understand this. Many of you know it. But he built it like a triangle. And at the base of the triangle, for you to be content and satisfied and and, and, and to feel like you, you, you matter, your physical needs had to be met. You had to have shelter and clothing. And then the next level was like a heartfelt need, or you needed to know you're loved or your value. You, need, you needed to connect with a, with a caregiver. And then the next was like a cognitive need. You, you needed to learn and to grow and to mature. And at the top of the pinnacle of the pyramid is this need called transcendence. We all have the need, but very few reach it. And it's a need to make a difference. It's a need to, 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 to do something that's beyond ourselves. It's a, it's a need to invest in, inspire, motivate, encourage, to live outside of ourselves, to, to bring others along on the journey, and in fact, to take them further than we wanted to go. Maslow concluded that those who live life to the fullest, who are the most fulfilled, are the ones who are making a difference in the lives of others. Maslow figured out what God has been saying since the beginning of time. True life, significant life, meaningful life is found in investing and inspiring and lifting and helping others to reach a, to reach a greater place. That's why you can go on a missions trip and you'll go with the thought that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a track. I'm going to build a building. I'm going to speak at a chapel. I'm going to feed a kid. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support a missionary. And you go with, I'm going to make an investment. And you go and you do, but you come back with, that changed my life. I'm the one that's been changed. My eyes have been opened. My heart's bigger. My compassion is greater. My, my love for particular people has increased. Uh, you come back with this sense of, man, I, I made a difference. And why is that? Because you're living in transcendence. You're, you're living outside of yourself. You're, you're living with a desire to invest and inspire and help others. You, we need to know today God didn't create you and then think, well, what can I do with this one? He didn't breathe life into you and then decide what purpose you would, you would, he would use you for. It's just the opposite. God had something in mind for you the moment that he, that he created you. He saw a hole, a need, a vacancy, and he designed you in order to fulfill it. And, and here, I can't tell you your purpose. All I can do is direct you to your purpose. And, and since you're taking notes here, here's, and because note takers go to heaven and Non-note-takers don't. You're taking notes, I know. But here's what you need to know about your purpose. Your purpose is always connected to people. It's always connected to people. For God so loved the world. You know, the, the word is not cosmos. It's not the physical world. The, the word is people groups. God so loved people that he, that he gave his only begotten son. You were created in Christ Jesus to do to do good works. Your, your ultimate purpose is always wrapped around people. And some of you have pushed back already. Well, I'm not a people person. It has nothing to do with your personality. 
has nothing to do with that. You, 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 might, not, you might not be vocal. You not, might not be a small group leader. That might not be your purpose, but it's always, it's always, it's always, if it's in front, behind the scenes, doing something, serving, leading God. It's always connected to people. If it's making money, it's not just so you can, you can raise your standard of living. It's so that you can invest in kingdom purposes it, for people to lift and inspire and help and, 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 and bring about hope to people. And not all of us are Josephs. Uh, Joseph s- saved millions from starvation. And not all of us are Moses who led millions out of slavery. Not all of us are Pauls who, who led millions to Christ. But all of us have a role we can play and an impact we can make and a difference that we should be pursuing. When I was preparing for this, I was, I was reminded of Jeremiah 29, 11. Many of you are familiar with that verse. For I know the plans I have for you. Again, it speaks to the purposes of God. I didn't create you just to fill up space or take a take a seat i created you for a plan i had a i had a plan i had a destiny i had a purpose for your life and 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 that plan was to prosper you and not to harm you to give you a future and to give you a hope and 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 if god could text you know sometimes i'll text my kids and i'll just say hey i love you i believe in you thinking about you you're on my mind if god could text today your your text would light up it would beep a message from god hey i I believe in you Hey, I've been thinking about you. Hey, you're on my mind today. And when it comes to this idea of of making a difference, his thoughts are not our thoughts. His thinking is not our thinking. If I got a text from God and said, hey, you're on my mind today. I'm thinking about you today. I created for you a purpose. I want you to make a difference. I would think, well, I'm inadequate. Well, I'm less than. I'm not qualified. I'm not gifted. I'm not positioned. And, And you know what he's thinking? Have you read your Bible? Moses stuttered and David was overlooked and Peter denied and Thomas doubted and Jonah ran. There's so many screw-ups and misfits in the Bible. It ought to give us all of us hope. Here, don't let Satan convince you that God has an IQ requirement or a particular gift mix or an entry fee that he only uses specialists or experts or high-powered personalities. That God created you for a purpose. And there's, and there's nobody more qualified to preach on this maybe than me. On my best day, I was an average student. I mean, I, I, my senior year, I took three PEs to get my GPA up. I was sweating all the time. Seven classes, every other one I was in PE. I mean, I have, I have three years of Spanish, which is a great accomplishment. The only problem is it was Spanish one. I took Spanish one three years, and the only Spanish I know is no hablo espanol. That's the length of it. Emily took the SAT yesterday, and I'm pushing her. I mean, I'm on her back. I'm riding her. She got, we got a score in mind because when she makes that score, it means more money. So, so we're, we're, we, we, she, whatever, we're going after that score. And so I was afraid of it, but she asked, well, Dad, what'd you make on your SAT? Why are you laughing? You don't know what I made. And I told her the score, and she said, is that math or English? I said, that's the whole stinking thing. Well, Dad, if you only got that, I only... No, this isn't about me. It's about you. You, you better work hard and get that thing. And, 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 and if anybody... I, 20 years ago, I came to this church. The only reason I'm a pastor of Clover Hill is because 11 people were so desperate. They didn't care. They didn't care. They just wanted somebody to breathe, and they said yes to them. Somebody told me I couldn't lead a friend across the street. Somebody that was connected in my life that I looked up to said... You're a great person, but you're not a great leader. I don't even think I'd follow you across the street. 
and, 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 and inadequate, unfulfilled. I'm, you're talking about, but here's the deal. When God gets in the picture, everything changes. We're all inadequate without God. But when he gets involved in the story, it doesn't turn out as expected or as anticipated or as predicted. So if you're the valedictorian of your class, or you're the homecoming queen, or you're the star football player, or you're the best in the band, or you scored 1,600 on your SAT, I got good news for you. God can still use you. But he prefers to use those of us who are just ordinary, average, inadequate. You, you have a, we start to think, well, I can't do it. I, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. And God says, man, I, I have created you for such a time as this. If God be for you, who could be against you? You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. God, God is texting you his thoughts, not your thoughts. Some people say, well, I, 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 what difference can I make? There's, there's 400,000 orphans. There's, there's over a billion people that go to bed hungry every night. There's 2 million children that are exploited in the global sex trade industry. There are 4,000 pe- babies that are aborted every day in America, 1.2 million. I can't erase all the pain. I can't bring hope to everybody. And you know what God's responding? You know what he's thinking? Yeah, but do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. You can't feed all of them, but you can feed one. You can't rescue one lost girl, but you can rescue one. You can come alongside. You don't have to change the world. If we'll all change our world, we can make a difference for the glory of God. This is good preaching. It's good opportunity. For, I, I, I feel like part of my job is to get you in a place where you were at the end of your life. You're looking back and you're not saying it was all about me. It was all about my pursuits and my dreams and my desires. But I lived in such a way that brought glory to God and brought others along with me. Some of you are thinking, well, I'm too young. Some of you students, listen to me. High schoolers, middle schoolers, you're not young. God's not thinking that. He's thinking, don't despise your youth, but be an example. Be an example. You, you, you know, I, I had the privilege of growing up in a, in a great Bible-believing, God-fearing home. And, and my mom and dad taught me right from wrong. And, and I was in church every Sunday. And, and, and I had, it was instilled in me, and I had a desire to live for God. I'm not saying I was perfect. I missed the mark. I blew it. I, I, I had my failures and my shortcomings, but, but by God's grace, he kept me from a lot of junk that my friends were involved in. And you say, well, pastor, didn't you feel like you missed out? And yeah, I missed out on getting high one night and doing something that I'd regret the rest of my life. I missed out on getting my girlfriend pregnant or, or getting some sexually transmitted disease. I, I missed out on getting drunk and wrapping my car around a tree. I, I, I don't feel like I missed out on that kind of stuff. I have no regrets about what I, what I could have done or what I should have done in that, in that vein. You, you know what I do regret? I regret that I wasn't just known as a good moral boy, but I regret that I didn't live with Jesus with more passion and more fervor and more zeal. That I did, did, didn't allow the fear of my peers and allow the fear of failure and allow the peer pressure to keep me from selling totally and completely out to the lordship of Jesus Christ and allowing him to use me at an early age for his glory and for his purposes. I don't regret what I didn't do. Or I don't regret what I, what I didn't do, the smoking, the drinking, the sleeping around. I have no regrets about that. I have all kind of regrets about what I could have done, I should have done, I might have done if I was completely sold out and living for Jesus Christ. 
Young person, can I just encourage you? Your, your teenage years matters. It's not just a, a season in your life that gets you to the next season. What you're doing now is important. You're laying a foundation. You can make a difference now. You can be used for God today. Get in a Bible club. Lead something. Pick, mentor a younger kid. Come along somebody else. Find a ministry where you can serve and be involved in. Your ministry is, your purpose is always connected to people. It's always connected to people. And Jesus is not texting, you're to this or you're to that. He's saying, man, there's a way. On this young thing, I I read a story about a guy by the name of Trevor Farrell who was an 11-year-old sixth grader living in the suburbs of Philadelphia. And he was watching the evening news one night, and it showed the plight of the homeless in the city. And, and they, were, they were freezing to death, and they were going to bed hungry, and, and it stirred his heart. He, he wanted to, even at 11, he wanted to make a difference. He understood that, that his purpose was connected to people. And so he went and got a pillow off his bed and a blanket. He said, Mom and Dad, could we drive in? Thir- it was only 13 miles, 13 miles from the suburbs to the inner city, and can we find somebody? No, not tonight. Trevor, it's too late. It's too cold. We'll do it another night. He kept persisting, persisting, persisting. Finally, they said, okay. They hopped in the minivan. They went downtown. They found one man that was hovering over a grate, trying to warm himself from the steam coming up. Trevor got out of the minivan. He handed, didn't say a word, handed the man a pillow and a blanket. And he said, the next words changed that little boy's life. This was his story. Changed my life forever. The man looked up with eyes full of gratitude and said, God bless you. Something stirred on the inside of him. I mean, it's transcendence. That's what it does. When you start making a difference, it stirs you. It, it touches you. It ministers to you. It changes you. He goes home, and the next night he gets more blankets and more pillows. He gives them away. He goes to neighbors. He starts, the news picks up on it, and, then, and they re- begin running stories on it. And college students start volunteering. And a, and a, and a sergeant that, that oversees a supply uh, uh, base gives uh, hundreds of blankets and, and gives hundreds of, of, of clothes and, and f- that these guys can wear. And, and fast food people begin to buy into it and they donate their money and their, and their food and, and their time. And, and, and what started out with a blanket and a pillow became a ministry that was reaching out to the homeless where over 1.2 million meals were served and 18,000 people that were formerly homeless were now in permanent housing, all because of an 11-year-old boy said, I can do something. It started with a pillow and a blanket. Joseph started as a 17-year-old, and he went through the process. And you know, he wasn't looking for position. He wasn't looking for a spot on the local news. He wasn't looking to make it big. He was just faithful. He was just serving. And he served, and he served in his first place uh, with, 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 with Potiphar. And he went to jail, and he, and he served with, with the jailer. And he went to Pharaoh, and he served with the jailer, uh, with Pharaoh. And his gift just kept getting bigger. And what started out with just faithfulness ended up with feeding of millions of people. God's got a purpose for you. He's got a purpose for me. And it's always connected to people. It's connected to people. Your purpose is connected to your design. Let let, let me explain it this way. This table was not designed to transmit my voice. If I was to bend over, I got a wireless mic on, but if I was to bend over and speak to this table, this table would not project my voice. It's not what it was created for. It was created to hold stuff. It It was created to hold my notes so that I could look at them and preach to you. This mic was not created to hold my notes. It was created to project my voice. And here's the deal. Some of you are frustrated. Some of you are fatigued. Some of you are worn out. Some of you are stressed. Some of you aren't getting it because you were created 
like a mic. Just understand the illustration, but you're trying to operate as a table. Or you were created as a table, and you're trying to operate as a mic. God has uniquely designed you. You were fearfully and wonderfully made in your mother's womb. He knit you together. He formed you well. And he said, this is a good thing. He put you together for a purpose that it might be fulfilled. Next week is Teacher Appreciation Week. And, and I love teachers. And I, I, I'm, I'm so excited about the possibility. I'm excited about filling their love tanking, inspiring them. I'm excited about you getting extra credit on your project next week because they're going to be here and they're just going to love you so much. They're going to help you. You get them here, we'll inspire them. We'll, we'll come up, we'll, we'll love on them. We'll, we'll, we'll help lift them next week. It's going to be a great week. But as I was thinking through teacher appreciation, we did a short video on Braden Delanes. And Braden was a young man who really didn't have, he didn't know. I mean, there was a lot of potential in him, but he wasn't fulfilling a purpose. He was just kind of wandering out there and, and not doing what he was, been on some missions trip. I think at that time he was working like at AT&T selling phones. And that's a noble, I'm not saying that wasn't what he was created for. That's not where he was living and transcendent. And he was at a Midlow football game one night and his principal, his, his old basketball coach, who now was the, is the principal of the school, was there. And they just began to talk and dial up, Braden, what are you doing? What do you want to do? I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I got a business degree, but I, I just want to do something. I, I think I just want to reach kids and help kids. Well, we have a math slot open, and, and, and I can help you. you. You'll have to do some stuff, but maybe you could fill this role. And, and so Braden began to take the steps and got in that role, and, and now he's been teaching for five years. And he'll say, Pastor Stan, it's not about the money because I'm not making a lot of money, and it's not, about, it's not about me even moving up. It's about, man, this is what I was born for. This is what I was created for. This is what God, it's about investing in these kids and watching a kid who's disinterested in math get interested. It's about a kid who comes to practice with his head down and being able to speak over his life, and he leaves encouraged and inspired and motivated. It's about answering the, a, a Jesus question that a kid comes to me after class, and, and I just get to share my faith and my life and what God's done for me and God's done in me. Uh, he did, I was designed for this. I was made for this. God has uniquely designed you for something, and my hope is, is that I can just point you in that direction. So, so, so what do I need to do? How do I need to get there? How do I need to find it? Again, I, I can't tell you. I can just help you. Here's four questions to ask. What has God given me? And when I say, what has God given me? You got to know that when you got born again, God gave you gifts. There's, there's multiple gifts. There's motivational gifts. There's ministry gifts. There's, 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 uh, there's power gifts. There's all kinds of gifts in the Bible. And if you look at gifts, it's all about people. God gives you a gift so that you can lift and inspire and encourage people. There's the gift of serving, the gift of leadership, the gift of hospitality, the gift of prophecy, the gift, the gift of healings, the gift of, the gift. There's, all, there's all these different kind of gifts. I, I think my gift, I've, I've tried to discern and find out that my gift is preaching. And so, and so uh, God, it's, and, and, the, and the word gifts, it's a divine enablement. So when I was 12, 13 years old, if you were to ask me to stand in front of people, I'd say, no way. I'd take a zero before I'd give a speech. I'm not doing it. That's, that's not me. But God developed it over the years, and now it's like a divine enablement. Now, now this is what motivates me. This is what, this is what I was created for. This is what, well, how do you do it? People ask all the time, how do you preach three times in, on a Sunday? 
isn't that a lot of work? Aren't you tired? No, man, it, I love it. If I had five services, I'd preach five. I can't wait till we get to seven. I want to preach seven because it's a, it's a grace that's upon me. I wasn't made to be a table. I was made to be a mic, and I want to use it for the glory of God. And, and that's all. And, and, and there's not greater gifts. There's not bigger gifts. There's not smaller gifts. Whatever. My gift is not compassion. My gift is not mercy. If you, got, if you want to be canceled, counsel, don't come to me. I'll mess you up. That's not my gift. I mean, you come to me wanting to jump off a bridge, I'm liable to jump off with you because it'll just tear me. It'll just weigh me down. I just can't because this is what I'll do. I'll say, do this, this, and this, and don't come back till you do it. And if you're not willing to do it, you're on discipline, you lack faith, and, and there's no hope for you. And you'll leave so because it's not, it's not my divine enablement. It's not what God created for me to do. But it's so important to the body of Christ because you're lifting and you're helping and you're inspiring people. You just got to find out, is this making any sense to you? What has God given me? God's given me the ability to make money. That's a gift. Use it for his glory, for the lifting of people, for the inspiring, for the motivating, for the encouraging of others. God's given you a platform. Use it. What has God given me? Here's another question. What am I passionate about? What stirs me? What, what keeps me up at night? What wakes me up in the morning? What, 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 am I, what do I love to do, long to do? When I, when I first started serving God, I thought the only way he could use me is that he was going to send me to Africa in a remote village, and I was going to have to teach Sunday school on a flannel graph board. That, that's not exciting to me. What I've learned is God didn't come to just make us miserable. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He wants us doing things that we're passionate about, that we love. That's not by accident. You don't love things just because you love them. You, because you were knit together in your mother's womb with passions and desires and longings. My middle son's 21 years old. He's a junior in college. He's trying to figure out what he's going to do next. All I know, in 18 months, he's coming off a of payroll. He is coming off a of payroll. I'm about to get a raise in 18 months, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it. Dad, what do you want? What, what should I do? Well, Zach, what are you passionate about? We don't, we don't, if you know Zach, you don't have to go far to figure out. He's passionate about basketball. He came out the womb dribbling a basketball. We have videos of him when he's two years old dribbling between his legs and going. It was like the Harlem Globetrotters. He, 16, 17, 18 years old. All his friends are out at a party. They're on a date. They're at a dance. He's in the gym. He would open it. He would shut it. I mean, he was just so passionate. Zach, God did that. God created you like that. God, don't, if you're passionate about basketball, don't leave the game. Just use, use the game to make a difference in the lives of others. It be a coach, not with a whistle around his neck because you love ball, but because you're on a mission by Almighty God to make a difference in the lives of of young people for his glory and for his honor and his praise. What are you passionate about? And I wish I could have got a a hold of some of the older folks before they started down a career path where they're just kind of barely making it. And now you got got so many bills that you, and I don't want to cause hopelessness to come. But I'm, man, I'm praying, do what it takes to get in a field that you enjoy. So your work's not, it's not a burden, but it's a blessing. What are you passionate about? What do, you, what do you love What do you love doing? Here, here's another question. What am I good at? Because you can be passionate about something and not good at it. Man, this is a tough crowd. That's kind of funny, I guess. You didn't think it was that funny. Like, like you ever watched American Idol, the early beginning stages? And I mean, then people got up to sing, and they were passionate. They just stunk. 
They were passionately bad, and, and I was embarrassed for them. And I would, you know, you sweat, and you're like, oh, man, this is, this is terrible. And you know what I asked? Where's their mom? Where's their dad? Where's their friends? Why didn't they tell them they weren't very good at this? Because you can be passionate about something, but not very, very, very good at it. That's why when people cry, try out for the praise team, and, and they're passionate about singing, and they're passionate, they go through an audition or a tryout, and sometimes Pastor Trevor has to say, hey, I'm your friend, (laughs) I'm your pastor, and you got a gift, but it's not singing. (laughs) Let, Let me help you find your gift, because you're a 10, it's just not here, so what, 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 what are you good? Are you good with your hands? Help us with stage design. You good with your ears? Help us with sound. You good with your mind? Hey, we, we dream and we're creative together. You're good with your eyes? Maybe you can help with lights. Just because you're not good with your voice doesn't mean you're not good. You just got to find out what you're good at and do it. Here's the last thing. What have I learned? Or what have I experienced? Often we want to run from our past and deny our past and forget our past when often God wants to redeem our past and use it for his glory. I know a girl, uh, she's a lady now, but when she was a teenager, she got pregnant and had an abortion, and she went through the guilt and the shame and the, and the, and the pain that comes from that. And now, at a, as a young adult, she got born again, and she received the forgiveness of God, and now she's on mission, she's on purpose to help girls that have either been through it or are thinking about it. She, she offers them help. She gives them, she gives them other opportunities. She gives them direction. She gives them wisdom. She's, she's fulfilling her purpose out of her experience. Some of you have gone through a nasty, uh, maybe, relationship where a spouse cheated or there was unfaithfulness. And this is what I hear all the time. People come to me, Pastor, my, my spouse was unfaithful. That's grounds for divorce. Yes, it is. It's grounds for divorce. But it's also grounds for forgiveness. It's an opportunity to show the love of God. If there's repentance and there's sorrow and there's a change of heart, it's an opportunity to show the graciousness and the good, to show God you've forgiven me and now I'm going to extend forgiveness and mercy to them. I have, we have families in our church that have went through that and now they've made it their desire, their purpose, their calling to help people that have went through it or to keep people from going through it. They learn their experience, what they've learned, have provided a, a platform or, or, or created a purpose in them so that God can use it for his glory, for his glory. One of my heroes is Dave Huffman, and he was on his, as a teenager, he was on his way to Beaumont Correctional Facility because of, because of drugs and rebellion and, and, and stealing, and, and God got a hold of him, and, and God, God, God gave him mercy and kept him from that, and, and he's dedicated his life to helping addicts and the less fortunate and those that, that, that were just like him as a teenager. So his experience is... His, his, what he's learned, his past, has, has been an opportunity to shape his purpose, his mission. Here, here, here's, here's the last verse. This is what I would share with you. Then Jesus called the crowd and his disciples to him, and he said, if any of you want to come to me, he told them, you must forget yourself. You must forget yourself. You must forget yourself. Why? Because it's not all about you. It's not all about what you want. It's not all about what you desire. It's not all about making... It's not all about getting that promotion or doing that thing if you want to come after me you got to forget yourself and that that's not that's not that's not woe is me i'm not we already went through that it's it's there's a bigger picture there's a bigger design there's there's something greater 
Forget yourself, carry your cross and follow me. For if you wanna save your own life, you'll lose it. It's all about you. If you're the sinner and it's wrapped around you, you're gonna lose your life. But if you lose your life, if you give it away, if you sow into others, if you invest, if you live in this transcendent, if you understand your purpose is always connected to people and your purpose is how God created you and designed you, if you lose your life for me and the gospel, you're going to save it. See, that's what I want. I don't want you to lose your life. I want you to save your life. I don't want you to just live your life. I want you to invest your life. I don't want you to get at the end and say, what did I did? I want you to be able to hear the words of God. Well done, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Don't you want that? Don't you long for that? Don't, don't you desire that? The two greatest challenges of life are to find ourselves and to lose ourselves. We find ourselves when we discover our purpose which is connected to people and it's always connected to our design. We lose ourselves when we fulfill that purpose by using our gifts and our talents and our experience to lift and encourage and inspire and help others on their journey. That, 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 here, here, here's why I'm, I'm so passionate about this. Because when you stand before Jesus, you're going to answer two questions. When you stand before God, you're gonna, you're gonna, he's going to ask you, what did you do with Jesus? Did you embrace him or did you reject him did you receive him or did you run from him did you say yes lord i need you or i can do it on my own did you realize that your sin the penalty for that sin was eternal damnation and therefore you ran to god and said god will you forgive me will you allow the stripes that jesus was placed on his back for my forgiveness i accept you as lord and savior and king and i want to follow you what did you do with jesus and the next question you'll be asked is, what did you do for Jesus? What, what did you do for Jesus? Did you live for you? Did you live about your desires and your needs? Or did you live for, for others? Did you, did you live to give, to sow, to build, to help, to inspire, to motivate, to encourage? Did you live to, to make others' lives better? Were people better because of your influence? Did you live in such a way that was not, that was not about you, but but about others. What did you do? Did you use your money? Did you use your influence? Did you use your gifts? Listen, we've got one life to live. This isn't a dress rehearsal. And the older I get, the, the clearer this becomes. We, we don't get a redo. This is it. And, and, I, and I'm just saying, let's make the most of it. Let's live intentionally. Let's, let's live in such a way that, 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 that our life brings glory and honor to Almighty God that, that we fulfill and that we live out our purpose and our purpose is always connected to people and our purpose is always connected to how God designed us. Amen, everybody. Stand to your feet with me, will you? And I want you to ask this question real quick. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? What do you want me to do? What do you, what do you want me to change? What, 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 what do you want me to, to go? What, what, what would you have for me, Lord? Lord, I want to fulfill my purpose. I want to make a difference. I want to live in light of eternity. I want to know that, 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 that I lived a life that was pleasing to you and honorable to you, God. Lord, you created me in, in such a way. You gave me a personality. You gave me gifts. You gave me talents. Lord, I don't need to compare to anybody else. I, I don't need to, to, to look at others. I just need to fulfill what you've called and created me to be. Help me, Lord, I ask. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.